0: Congo Mercenary, written and read by Lieutenant-Colonel Mike Hoare. I wrote my first book, Congo Mercenary, in 1966, when I was living at Hillcrest, Natal, almost immediately after I had left the Congo. I had always loved reading good literature and enjoyed the sound of words and poetry, This helped prepare me for the difficult task of distilling the stories in which I describe 18 months of fighting communist-backed rebels into 288 pages of prose. Preface Early in 1964, a minor communist-inspired revolt took place in the Kwilu province of the Congo. The event seemed of little importance at the time and went largely unheeded. But it was, in fact, the first clap of thunder to presage the coming storm. Within a matter of five months, the minor revolt became a major uprising and involved more than half the Congo's 14 million inhabitants in armed conflict and ranged over two-thirds of its one million square miles of territory. Before the rebellion had run its course it caused the death of many thousands of innocent Congolese and Europeans and finally it staged a tragedy in the full glare of world publicity which for sheer unparalleled savagery has few equals in history. The communist character of the rebellion was evident from the very beginning. The center of operations was at Stanleyville, the stronghold of Antoine Gizenga, the political and spiritual heir to Patrice Lumumba. Ghana and Guinea were both actively supporting the rebel cause and the Soviet bloc, which had previously upheld Gizenga's claim to be the head of the only legal government in the Congo. It was subsidizing the rebel movement. A full year had passed since Mr. Muayzi Shombe had been ousted as president of the independent state of Katanga, and he was now in voluntary exile in Spain. The United Nations forces in the Congo, financially and morally bankrupt from their peacekeeping efforts in Katanga, were in no position to undertake any new adventure in the field, and were making ready Depart, Notwithstanding the events of the recent past and the bitterness and rancor which they had engendered in Congolese politics, in the face of the national catastrophe, President Kazavubu invited Mr. Chambe to return from Spain to become Prime Minister of the Congo with a mandate to form a coalition government and suppress the rebellion with all speed. This unexpected step took the world completely by surprise but served once again to prove that anything can happen in the Congo and frequently does. Mr. Shambi's first move on his return to power was to try and reconcile the parties to the conflict but when this failed he was quick to appreciate the real and sinister nature of the uprising and saw it clearly For what it was, an all-out attempt by the communist bloc to seize power in the Congo, overthrow law and order, and establish a communist presence in the heart of Africa. The initiative was with the rebels, and mounting success was theirs. The national army, bewitched and demoralized, retreated on all fronts and in many cases, deserted lock, stock, and barrel to the enemy. Faced with this extraordinary dilemma, Mr. Shambi decided on extraordinary measures. His immediate resolve was to hire white mercenary troops to assist the Congolese National Army put down the rebellion before it was too late. Whilst it was an intentionally practical solution to the problem, and, many will say, the only one open to him, it was one which brought down on his head a torrent of abuse from members of the Communist bloc.